Hello folks, Double T here. I'd like to welcome in everybody from here and around the globe to today's broadcast. On today's show, I want to focus in on the career and new career of former NBC sports reporter Michelle Tafoya. Tafoya just retired from NBC Sports after Super Bowl 62 after a 30-year career in sports broadcasting. Under normal circumstances, I would not have given this a second thought and would have just wished Michelle well until I saw a piece on Tucker Carlson a couple nights ago. But we'll get into that in a few moments. Let's talk about Michelle's career and how she got to the sidelines of the NFL. Tafoya worked as a host and reporter for KFAN AM in Minneapolis, primarily for the Minnesota Vikings and University of Minnesota women's basketball broadcast. She also worked for WHQS AM in Charlotte, where she went by the name of Mickey Connolly, which is her mom's maiden name. She also worked for the Midwest Sports Channel, serving as a Minnesota Timberwolves host and sideline reporter, as well as a play-by-play commentator for women's Big Ten basketball and volleyball. She then spent three years at WCCO-TV in Minneapolis as a sports anchor and reporter. Tafoya joined CBS Sports in 1994 as a reporter and host for the CBS Television Network sports anthology show, CBS Sports Spectacular, as well as college basketball. She served as a host of At The Half as a sports reporter for college football games. She made her on-air debut at the 1994 U.S. Open Tennis Championship. In 1997, the American Women in Radio and Television honored her with the Gracie Award for Outstanding Achievement by an Individual On-Air TV Personality for her play-by-play calling of WNBA games and Lifetime Television. Michelle served as a reporter for the network's coverage of the NFL, college football, including the 1998 National Championship Orange Bowl. And it was late night co-host with Al Troutwig of the 1998 Winter Olympics in Nagano. In addition to her diverse assignments, Michelle hosted CBS's NCAA Tournament Selection Show, Goodwill Games, and the US Open Tennis Championships coverage. She left CBS at the end of 1999 after five years with the network. She joined ABC and ESPN in January of 2000, working as a sideline reporter for ABC Sports Monday Night Football during the 2004 NFL season and for the 2005 NFL season before the program shifted completely to ESPN. She worked the sideline for ESPN's Monday Night Football beginning in 2006. Tafoya was co-host for the Mike Tirico Show on ESPN Radio. She helped ABC in their coverage of Super Bowl 40 in Detroit as a sideline reporter with Susie Colbert. 
She was loaned to NBC Sports for the 2000 Sydney Olympics as a reporter for the Rhythmic Gymnastics and then as a play-by-play -play for women's softball. Tafoya formerly worked at NBA games on ABC and ESPN. In October of 2008, she announced that she would be resigning from her duties as a sideline reporter. Her previous roles included a stint as men and women's NCAA basketball play-by-play -play and in-studio host, and as college football and basketball sideline reporter. She also served as a substitute host on Pardon the Interruption and as a panelist on Sports Reporters 2. Her other ESPN assignments have included calling WNBA games and hosting skiing telecasts and working on ESPN News college basketball selection shows as a reporter. She also was a correspondent for SportsCenter on Outside the Lines. In 2006, the Davy Brown Index ranked Michelle among the most likable TV personalities, including biggest trendsetter in sports. At the end of the 2010-2011 season, she left ESPN for NBC Sports. Tafoya was announced as the new evening drive time talk radio host for WCCO AM, and on April 20th of 2009, her show began. It ran all the way through January 27th of 2012. She then joined KQ Morning Show on KQRS-FM as co-host with longtime KQ Morning personality Tom Barnard in September of 2016. In May of 2011, it was announced that Tafoya will be the new sideline reporter for NBC Sunday Night Football, replacing Andrea Kramer and rejoining former co-worker and announcer Al Michaels. Michelle had also covered swimming during the Summer Olympics for NBC. Andrew Marchand of the New York Post reported that Tafoya would be leaving Sunday Night Football following the 2021 season on her own decision and that NBC had declined comment. While Michelle could not be immediately reached for comment, sources know a possible relationship between this and her appearance on The View, where she challenged host Whoopi Goldberg, but has been refuted by Tafoya, who stated that her decision to move on had been made in 2018, well in advance of a radio interview on the hang zone. There is no evidence to support a link between her departure and her appearance on The View in January of 22. NBC confirmed in a press release that Michelle would depart the network after Super Bowl 62 for her final assignment to pursue other opportunities. Okay, folks. First off, let's first commend Michelle Tafoya on one incredible career. And let's face it, she carved out this career in a man's world. And kudos to her because this woman is absolutely amazing and she is very strong and she paved the way for many women in a man's industry. So I mentioned to you earlier 
that I saw a piece on Tucker Carlson. And I'm going to play that for you shortly. And I'm also going to play you the piece on The View. And um, I want to stress in advance of all of this that this has absolutely nothing to do with politics. This is not a political podcast today. This is a podcast on what is right and what is wrong. Now, the first thing that I'm going to play for you is the clip of Michelle on The View. All right, so hold on and we'll do that first. Now, folks, this is a five-minute clip, but it's important. Pay attention to the whole thing. It is election day, and there are some state races that poll watchers think could forecast which way the country is headed politically, especially the Virginia race between Terry McAuliffe and Glenn Youngkin, who's going all in on on the critical race theory thing. Take a look. We're actually standing up and saying we have a fundamental right to be engaged in our kids' education. We have a fundamental right to, we do, because parents matter. We have, we have a fundamental right to make decisions about our lives as opposed to having big government making them all for us. You see what's happening in Georgia and Florida because they're talking about this critical race theory. And as I said before, and I'll say it again, it's never been taught in Virginia. And it, I really hate it because it's a racist dog whistle. Well, you know, the two of them are in a dead heat right now. But my question is, why is an issue like critical race theory being taught in schools? It's not. <laughs> but people are out of their minds. Wouldn't it just be easier if everybody said, okay, we weren't teaching it and we will continue not to teach it. Yeah. Well, but they want to teach it. The, nobody wants to teach critical oh. race theory. It's, it's, it's college level conversation. It's law that, school. That's law school. Right, right. Stuff. It's not a thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that whenever I hear this type of rhetoric from these people, it's a big distraction. It's a major distraction. And the reason they're neck and neck is because the Democrats do not do the, their thing as, as strong as the distraction is what it is. Let me just, you know, reiterate. So Joe Biden, this is what he wants to do for the country, okay? A child tax credit that will cut child poverty in half, mm-hmm. okay? He wants to create a universal pre-K. He's bringing health coverage to up to 4 million additional Americans. Right. They're expanding home care services for the elderly. They're making a record investment to fight climate change. And these culture wars are just to distract you from wanting and voting for those things that will help Americans. So I wish that people would not be fooled by these culture war BS. But it's not necessarily a culture war, Joy. I'm going to push back a little bit here. And here's why. That's why you're here. Because my kids, at school, <laughs> I'm here to be the odd man hated on the set. No, um, I, I, my kids in school, there is a big, big focus on the color of your skin. How and my children, children? My children are now uh, 16 and 13. It's been going on since they were in lower school, Mm -hmm. all right? And it is that there are affinity groups on campus for, my my son's first best friend was a little African-American boy. They were inseparable. Mm -hmm. Get to a certain age, they start having what's called an affinity group, which means you go for lunch and pizza with people who look like you. Suddenly, my son wasn't hanging out with him anymore. His next best friend was a little Korean boy. Years, inseparable. He started going to his affinity groups. 
why are we even teaching that the color of the skin matters? Because to me, what matters is your character and your values. Yes, but you know, you live in the United States. You know that color of skin has been mattering to people. Can't we for change years. it that it well, doesn't? We, we need white people to step up and do that. But I think that we they've been doing that since the Civil War. And no, I'm not saying no, it's no, no, they haven't. What, what do you mean they haven't? They have, listen, when you have a country or still let's talk about a state where somebody can be hung from a tree and it's okay that's not okay well it was okay it was okay in the south people did it all the time people would run you down and not that long ago it, not that long there ago but chicks they're lynching people i mean I, I i love having this conversation because i feel like it's important you know when my grandpa came back from world war one he still had to step off the sidewalk. That makes to it let sick. somebody. It that should. It sick. should. We need more people to feel like that, so we can get to the place that everybody thought we were with race and and all the conversations. But America has had her reckoning. It continues to happen because unless we can say this is what the country was like, this is what we don't want to be anymore. We have to teach the little ones respect people because you'll be around people, you'll see people, you'll hear people say things that won't make sense to you. This is what happens in the country because we're not past that. But there, there seems to be this movement on the we're, right to not talk about the history no, of the country. I, well, I'm all about wait. the history of the country. There's a little bit more to this, folks. I'm going to continue it. There are 15 conversations going on in the table <laughs> you're not looking. But right now we're going to... Uh, go back to talking a bit about the radical issues in schools that has become a major campaign issue today. I, I wanted to weigh in on it because, um, you know, we had uh, the Secretary of Education, Cardona, come on the show and I asked him specifically, is critical race theory being taught K through 12 in our public schools? And he emphatically said, no, it isn't. Is he, he said it more than once or twice. No, it is not. Be. It is not being taught. Critical race theory is something that is taught in some law schools. It started in Harvard Law School. That is the truth of it. And we need to stop normalizing this argument that started in the right, on the right. And let me finish here. Yeah. And, and we know that it started on the right because the person that started it, and please tell me in my ear who started it, he's admitted to starting it and making it the boogeyman. Now it's being morphed into this argument that it's a parents' rights argument. The rallying cry is now parents' rights. Uh -huh. Please don't teach my children about race. Christopher Rufo, and he's talked about the fact that he decided to coin this as a wedge issue, as a divisive issue, so that Republicans could win races. And unfortunately, people have bought into it, Sarah, to your point, to your to your question. The other thing is, now the message is that white parents are being ignored when they complain that their children aren't comfortable learning about racism, that their white children don't want to be uncomfortable. Well, let me tell you something. Black kids around this country are stigmatized and are made to feel uncomfortable every single day. And I don't think it's too much to ask white parents to allow their children to learn about the very real history in this country that is still very prevalent, the systemic racism that is still very prevalent in our country. What is so wrong with learning the real history Absolutely. of our country? Let me take it into that. You know? <laughs>
Uh, it's been on my mind for quite a while, Tucker. Thank you for having me. And no, NBC did not encourage this. They did not force this. This has been on my mind. I've been waking up every day with a palpable pull at my gut that <sighs> my side, my view, my my middle ground kind of moderate viewpoint is not being represented yeah. to the rest of the world, I didn't feel. And, and I feel like for the sake of my kids and because I so love this country, I've got to start giving back. I think all that sounds lovely. She felt that her voice, her moderate middle-of-the-road voice is not being heard and she doesn't feel fulfilled. I love it. And she wants to get into politics. That's fine. I think that's a stressful thing to do, but she is getting into it. Let's look some of the background of what she is deciding to do. So after working the sidelines of Sunday night Super Bowl, Stafoya said it's told The Athletic that she had wrapped up her career as a full-time sports supporter and that she would immediately co-chair Republican businessman Kendall Qualls' campaign to become Minnesota's governor. Okay, she's working for Republican. That's fine. It's great. That's where her stances are. Um, Tofoya isn't going to stop there, though. She also uh, slated to appear on this month's Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, in Florida, and said that she will also make the rounds as a pundit. Already this week, Tofoya is scheduled to appear uh, on former Fox News anchor Megyn Kelly's podcast and Fox News Late Night Show hosted by Greg Gutfield. Again, she's Republican. Great. Everybody gets to do what they want. Tofoya further said that she wants to steer away from sports reporting because she feels that she was not as free to be as vocal about world events uh, that she's concerned about. It's not because I was told to shut up, she said. I want to be very clear about that. But look, if you're on a show like Sunday Night Football, which is the number one show in primetime for 11 straight years, unprecedented, the last thing they want to do is invite controversy. So apparently she was boiling up and she's like, I know I can't say it here because we talk sports here. We analyze football games. Why would I bring up anything else? like this let's watch <laughs> my kids in school there is a big big focus on the color of your skin How and my children, children my children are now uh, 16 and 13. Okay, it's, it's been going on since they were in lower school mm -hmm. all right and it is that there are affinity groups on campus for my my, my son's first best friend was a little african-american boy they were in separable. Mm -hmm. Get to a certain age, they start having what's called an affinity group, which means you go for lunch and pizza with people who look like you. Suddenly, my son wasn't hanging out with him anymore. Why are we even teaching that the color of the skin matters? Because to me, what matters is your character and your value. Yes, but you know, you live in the United States. You know that color of skin has been mattering to people. Can for, we for change years. it that it well, doesn't? We, we need white people to step up and do that. But I think that we they've been doing that since the Civil War. And no, I'm not saying no, it's no, no, they, they haven't. Oh, that was such a such a moderate thing to say, such a sensible thing to say, um, and yet it seemed like such a controversial thing. I thought that was really brave that you said that. We're so looking in the rearview mirror and not absorbing the progress yes. that we've made in this country and building on it. Now, folks, there's a lot of information there, and I believe that there's some very positive things, but you have to be very careful about what you pick out. Now, this is my take. Michelle Tafoya observed something in her children's school that she felt was systemically wrong and felt that it would hinder her children's upbringing and outlook on racial issues and on life itself. Affinity groups is what she said they are called. I never heard of an affinity group in my life until last week. Putting people together in groups according to the color of their skin or their nationality is what I pulled out of what she said. And to me as an individual, you could not be more racist.
than that, or prejudice. I think that this is one of the most evil things that you can do to a child in early developmental stages of them socially. Now, to address the comment that was made by Whoopi Goldberg, somebody that I don't normally agree with, this is no exception. When Tafoya said that we should all be promoting racial equality, Ms. Goldberg quite outspokenly said that this was incumbent upon white people to do so. And I could not disagree with that statement more because I feel it's incumbent upon everybody to promote harmony amongst races. We are all responsible because as we are all brothers and sisters, we all bleed red. Yes, I do agree that we should never forget history, but we cannot change it but we should not be persecuted for things that happened hundreds of years ago. I think most people, whether it be black, white, Hispanic, of any race, creed, or color, agree that this is 2022, not 1893, not 1960. And we have to look at the present and the future, never forgetting the past and never repeating it. It's time to stop fighting about it. And Whoopi, it's time to stop things like affinity groups because that is a disgusting form of racism. We should all hold hands and fight the exact same causes. And I guarantee you that 95% of the people in this country would agree with what I just said. In my estimation, politics aside, and politics should always be put aside, Michelle Tafoya is a hero for standing up in today's culture and fighting for what she believes in. I applaud her, I respect her, and I believe in her cause. And I salute her for all of us here at the Double T Podcast Network. With that, folks, I hope you enjoyed our show today. I think that this was a very interesting and a very hurtful subject to talk about. I apologize for the long clip, but I thought it was important to play both sides of this issue. We have some very interesting shows and guests coming up for you in the very near future and some announcements that we'll be making shortly. As always, if you have the opportunity to do a random act of kindness for someone, please take that opportunity. For if you do a random act of kindness, This world will be a much better place to live in. As always, folks, please do your due diligence, wear your masks, wash hands, sanitize, always be safe. This is Double T saying, have a great weekend. God bless. Peace.